Welcome to Level Up with Dave, the podcast designed for anyone that is interested in daily personal growth. I, of course, am your host, David Estes. Please hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. On today's episode, we are joined by a very, very special guest. Uh, She is much more than just a good friend of mine, though that's a pretty big accomplishment for her. And we met a few years ago when she became my chiropractic patient. Then we quickly realized that we share a very similar path, um, like literally, literal path of we have followed each other. I mean, literally and figuratively. We have literally followed each other state by state. That was creepy. Florida. (laughs) Atlanta. Atlanta, And now, of course, Colorado. (laughs) Um, So we then connected out of the office through organized hikes and various adventures, such as getting stuck in the elevator together, river tubing. By the way, the elevator story was was phenomenal. I, I guess mean, I shouldn't gloss over that. Classic. Um, and so much more. Uh, she has been a dental assistant for about 12 years. Uh, she is also the bomb, which is why she started a bat bomb biz called Bubbly Bliss Recovery. And she's also a wife to an awesome dude. And now her life is literally about to take off as she is pursuing a life of aviation. Everyone, please welcome Christy Schoeller to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, So Christy is the first guest of the show. And so we're literally recording this in my living room slash dining room slash kitchen area. So we're not striving for perfection here, but this is going to be an awesome interview. Christy's going to bring you guys so much, I think, inspiration and motivation with her recent story. And so I'm really excited. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Oh, maybe the, did you do? Oh, nope, nope. You got it all. You got it all. Give me a quick little life synopsis in addition to what I had just gone through. Oh gosh, life synopsis. We'll be here all day. (laughs) I go from the beginning. <laughs> so it's a it's a movie. It's a Tarantino movie. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely feel like, you know, you, we've lived through some Tarantino events. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, you know, the, the, the main thing on my, you know, life is, you know, I had a very ugly childhood. You know, I didn't come from a very good family. Um, as I grew into adulthood, I really started to just be alone. You know, I was a very, very solitude person. You know, I didn't have family. I didn't have parents. I literally, literally had to figure life out on my own. Um, And in the essence of the rut of figuring life out, you know, you start turning to certain types of substances. You turn to different types of things that can fill voids that you have, um, that, that, that you have within your life. Um, so, you know, you turn to drugs, alcohol, and then you start spiraling out of control. And a lot of it's just really not knowing what uh, to do. You don't know what to do with your life. So you just kind of do what the norm is and um, or what you think you should be doing um, to fill those voids. Um, you know, I continued to, you know, just you know, try to find a way to make money. So I landed in dentistry and I never really liked it, loved it. I mean, I'm good at it now after 12 years of doing it, but 
it's not something that has ever been like, this is what I'm meant to do with my life. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you just, you figure, you figure things out as you go, you figure out life, you figure out what you want from life and you go out there and you find it. And, you know, I had opportunities to where I just said, screw it. I'm going to go travel, jumped on planes and went across Europe and I traveled and, the cultural differences that I attained from a lot of those experiences really kind of jump-started and kick-started my ability to move forward in life um, on, hey, you know, there's other ways in life to live things, you know, there's other ways to do things. And, you know, you don't have to always say that this is the one way to do it. You gain certain appreciation for different lifestyles, cultures, heritages, and just all these different things that kind of open up your eyes to a bigger, better world. So, um, and then that was kind of the beginning, the beginning of moving forward to greatness. And here I am, what was it, like seven, eight years later, and I feel good where I'm at. (laughs) All right. So, well, number one, thanks for sharing. That's that's a lot of stuff. I want to dive into some of the things you just mentioned because you glossed over a lot of things. Obviously, I asked for a synopsis, but how did you originally get into the dental field? So um, I grew up in Orlando and um, like I said, I just, I didn't, I didn't come from a good family, no help. I had no aspirations for college. I had no help for college. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So at 20 years old, I was watching all of my high school friends halfway through their undergraduate degrees in, you know, the colleges. And I'm still here working at Disney world, having no idea what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And you just get caught up in this cycle of a merry-go-round. You just day in and day out, day in and day out. You're doing the same thing. You're not changing. You're not doing anything with your life. And then one day I saw like a ad on TV for, um, you know, a trade school for, you know, a dental program that you can go in and you can be done in as little as six to nine months. And I'm like, huh, that sounds cool. Let's try it. Hook and bait. (laughs) And that's exactly how it happened. All right. So if you had to sum up, because you worked in the dental field for how long again? 12 years. 12 years. So if you had to sum up one big, awesome, fantastic takeaway from your experience in the dental field thus far, what would it be? Floss every day, kids. No. (laughs) Healthy pink gum. No, I feel like, you know, a lot of what I've attained from the dental program is, you know, I've, I stand by this is that dentistry is easy. It's people you need a manual for. And when you work in different offices in different States and different cities, different types of dentistries, these are all training you on how to work with different types of people. It teaches you how to mesh, how to talk, how to, you know, work in an environment with different types of people because not everybody you work with in a different state is going to be the same as the people that you worked with in another city. You know, it's, it was a really interesting, you know, aspect of, of, of growth in a personal development to, 
move forward um, by by training myself on how to respect people better, you know, because I never really got that as a kid. And, you know, you're thrusted into this world of, hey, this is what you should be doing. And you're just like, huh, maybe I should be treating people like this a little bit nicer <laughs> or better, or however you want to look at it as. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, very, very good point. I freaking, I mean, being in the chiropractic world, that's one of the biggest takeaways too. So yeah, I, I feel like you nailed that on the head. And now I, I'm sure just like for myself, it spills over into every other area of life because now you just know how to deal with different personality types, especially having done it for so many years. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so two more questions on the dental stuff. So what what do you love about the dental field and what do you love less about the dental field? <laughs> oh Lord. I hope my boss does not like listen to this. <laughs> well, when it comes to dentistry, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always been very, you know, I've been very crafty, you know, I like art. I like working with my hands. I like painting and, um, you know, making things and, you know, with dentistry, you're working in a very small field. You know, you're working in a person's mouth. Um, when you get the ability to, you know, place fillings or just, you know, the type of impressions and stuff that you're working in, I'm very good working with my hands in small spaces. So it gets, it's almost like an art and it's fun. Sometimes it can be fun doing that. Um, but with the aspects of dentistry, you know, it's very hard on your body. You know, you get a lot of headaches. You're always looking down. Your neck hurts. Your back hurts. And um, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, dentistry is easy, but it's people you need a manual for. Working with people who just don't have that same vision that you do can be very difficult sometimes. You know, that's that's what can make the job hard is that, you know, women can be mean, <laughs> Women are very, very mean people sometimes. And, you know, when they're bullies or they're, they just do these things off on the side that they're, that are petty and stupid. And, you know, you don't want to get into a fight at work, but, you know, it's, it can be really difficult sometimes to try to work with people that do not want to work with you. Absolutely. You could, what's the saying? You could bring the horse to the water. And then you just got to shove the water down the horse's throat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on from dentistry. So you recently decided to take a life-changing trip to Hawaii, which is, you know, just for, for you listeners at home, in the car, at the gym, on the walks, whatever, wherever you're listening. Um, this is how this whole podcast came to be, as Christy was describing to me through text message, by the way, not even, you know, through, through you know, talking her, her experience, um, and how it changed her life. And that's why I was like, you have to share this with people. When I mentioned, like when I started traveling to Europe and going to all these places, one of the most inspirational life-changing things that I ever did was taking the plunge to get on a plane by myself and fly to another country alone. That sometimes for me now looking back on it, it seems like nothing absolutely nothing. It seems so easy. It seems so simple because I've done it and I've done it a lot. But when I tell people that that's what I do for myself, 
they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, how do you have the courage to do that? And I'm like, you just do it. You just make a plan, book a flight and you go, you know, don't be stupid. You know, don't walk around the streets at nighttime, but you know, just, just go. Like if you want to see these places, stop looking at Google and watching all these pictures of these amazing places or TikTok on all these videos of all these amazing places go, just go to these places. And seven years ago, I think, or eight years, it was eight years ago, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified on going on my very first trip by myself. But when I finished that journey, I was just, it was the most liberating experience that thrusted me into this new chapter of my life. And one of those trips was Hawaii that I went on. And Hawaii is probably, if nobody's ever been there, I highly encourage it. It is one of the most beautiful, peaceful places that I've been to on this earth. Obviously, there's probably, you know, other places out there that can mean something to other people that I haven't been to. But where I have traveled, Hawaii is that place. It is the most peaceful place that I've ever been to. And, you know... Last year was not great for my husband and I. It was a really rough year financially. You know, we struggled. My husband hurt his back. The company didn't want to pay his wages. So we had to go through the process of, you know, getting an attorney and suing them. And it was just waiting for court dates and you're just trying to pay your mortgage. So you, like for me, it was, you know, I had to work two, three jobs just to financially, you know, keep afloat so you can keep your lights on. And then towards the end of the year, fortunately, you know, we won our case, we got our money back. And then I was like, I need a mental break or else I'm going to lose it. (laughs) So the first place that I thought of, the most peaceful place in the world I wanted to go back to was Hawaii. So I was like, I don't even care. I'm going for three weeks. I need to get off this part of the world and escape and clear my head. So I went to Hawaii for three weeks. And while I was there or while I was planning this trip, I was very adamant about going to other islands because I'd only been to Oahu um, the last couple trips that I'd went. And I'm like, I need to see the other islands. I need to go to these other ones. So I started in Maui. Um, I went to Lanai, then Molokai, and then, of course, finished off my trip back in Oahu because that's like my favorite place in the world. So I was there just, you know, living the aloha life. I remember I did a helicopter tour and the pilot there was really nice, really nice pilot. And he took us around the cliff's edge of, you know, Maui to Molokai. And he, he, this is very early on in my trip. It was like the first couple of days. And he was like, you know, this is not a bad day in the office. You know, I get to wake up and I get to do this every day. I get to look at these beautiful cliffs. I get to look at these, the the ocean water and I get to see rainbows. And it was like, this is way better than my office. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is pretty dope. Like, How awesome would that be to live in Hawaii, you're a helicopter pilot, 
and you just take people on tours all the time. And I thought that was just, that was really cool. So as I moved through my trip, I go to Lanai and then I had to take some small charter planes um, to Island Hop. And there was like a ton of female pilots. And that really motivated me. And I was like, a female pilot, like that's, that's awesome that that's so much more common than it was 50 years ago. And I thought, how cool would that be to be a pilot? How awesome would that be to go on a plane and travel and, you know, go wherever, you know, you're out there living the world. And it just became more solidified to maybe this is what I want to do. And, you know, at my age right now of, you know, 33, a lot of times people tend to think that, well, this is it. My life is over. I am what I've been doing. I can't change careers. I can't do it. I can't go back to school. I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. But at the same time, I think there's still 35 years left of me being able to work in a different field. I've only barely touched the surface of that with my career in dentistry. So why can't I become a pilot? Why can't I try to achieve that? There's nothing that's telling me that I I can't do that other than myself. So I thought more about it. And, you know, the irony of when I was finishing the last week in my, um, on my trip, there was like a, a helicopter rescue in one of the valleys. And it just was one of those things where I was like, what if I want to be a helicopter first responder or a commercial airline pilot? And then you just start brainstorming about all these different types of directions you may want to go. At the same time, thinking about all that, it, it really pumps you up because my life of being stuck in a dental office in these four walls, in a cubicle, I've always felt trapped, trapped. And while there's this great big world waiting to be explored and I can't go because I'm trapped in a cubicle, in an office. And I thought if I were a pilot, I would no longer be trapped. I would be out free living the life that I've been dreading and wanting to go and fulfill for years. (laughs) So. Well, that's amazing. Yes. First of all, I want to acknowledge you for being so self-aware after your difficult year. And by the way, thank you for sharing that. But after such a difficult year with your husband, Sterling, and just recognizing that I need to get the hell out of here and I'm going to go to the place that I know brings me the most amount of mindfulness. So that is truly incredible. And also, I think it's really powerful that you are stating that, hey, you know what? You're never too old to change careers because I don't even like the word career. It should just be what you get to do for money. This is what I ask people all the time. What do you get to do to earn a living? And I always love it when people light up about what they say versus the ones that 
are kind of, hey, is, is it Friday yet? Is it, is it, is it, yes, it's Friday, you know, versus cares what day it is. Monday, I, I always say Monday, fun day, by the way, but because it's true, I love what I do. And to your point, I started chiropractic school when I was 29. And I had people in school that were 22, you know, and, and I felt like the old person there. And I had already gone through television film production, as well as massage therapy school and five other things. My mom's listening to this. She's shaking her head saying, hell yeah, he did. <laughs> but it's all good because now I get to do what I love and you'll be able to be there as well. I mean, you're already on the path. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I started school, I'll never forget this. Uh, this guy just graduated and he was 80 years old. No. Chiropractic school. 80? Yep. What? He was, I honestly think he was just doing it for fun just because he was just, he was inspired by chiropractic and he wanted to do it. But that to me was just like, all right, if this freaking guy can do this, so can I. Absolutely. That's crazy. So you mentioned a few different types of options for you. Have you determined what type of pilot you want to be and what is that process looking like for you right now? Yeah. So I've actually kind of put things into the, in mobilization right now. So I went up to one of the um, airport schools over by uh, Broomfield and uh, they had like a little open day, you know, that you can come and visit and learn more about the school. So I really think that commercial airline pilot would be probably the direction I'd want to go. You know, you learn how to fly in a climate that can be very windy because we're right next to the Rocky Mountains. You know, you really learn great weather patterns. And with this particular program, I can, you know, get all of my accredited hours, my flight time hours, and then immediately apply with a program of Allegiant Airlines. And w once I finish out like a three-year contract with them, then, you know, my tuition can get paid for. So it seems like it's the pathway to success with this one. They set it up to where the path is there for you. You just have to work for it. That's so. awesome. And just for people listening, we, we are located in the Denver area. So that's why Christy is mentioning that this is just a great climate because we get, I mean, we literally get everything here in one day. You'll Four have seasons in a day. 90 degrees down to 30 degrees. And the next day it's snowing. Exactly. We're hailing <laughs> as we've been getting a lot of here. How do you envision your life changing once you become a pilot? I mean, it's just, there's nowhere to go but up, literally and figuratively. You know, you just, you keep moving forward and, you know, doing what's right for you and take one step at a time and... I just feel like looking at my future now is instead of the rut I was in before, it's now I have a future to look forward to. You know, I have things that I positively feel good about looking into. I love how figurative this is, by the way. <laughs> like literally life is taking off. That's freaking awesome. Can you discuss any fears or concerns that you have, if any? I mean, I think any type of change that you do that you've never done before is always going to come with some type of fear. And it really depends on how you have as a person tackled that in the past. And for me, a lot of it was I had so much fear growing up in my life, so much fear and terror. 
And when it came to doing anything that came with a touch of fear, it was, oh, I can't do that. Oh, no, that's too scary. No, 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 nope, nope, we're not going there. But it was all of the situational circumstances that of, of constant fear would keep you being in fear. And when I took that plunge to go on my very first trip by myself, I mean, I was utterly terrified. I was scared. Like I'm going out to the middle of the desert and the Grand Canyon and going to all these places where it's very rural. And I'm like, man, is somebody going to murder me and bury me in the desert? <laughs> you get all these crazy things that start running through your head and you just, you, you do it. You just say, screw it. I can do this. You know, I'm a smart person and I'm going to do this. So when you get to that point where you have something that is sounds so scary that keeps you fearful and you just give it two middle fingers and do it anyway, that is an extremely liberating feeling because everything you do in this life is going to come with a sense of fear. And then when you already kind of know that hey, maybe it's not as scary as my mind was telling me. And you just move forward and you jump over that hurdle and you just know that on the other end of it, it's going to be okay. So moving into a different change or a different chapter in life, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's fearful. I mean, Am I even going to be able to be a pilot? You know, am I going to be able to handle flying an aircraft? I don't know, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try. And who knows? I might hate it. I might hate it the first time and go back on what I said, and I may not want to do it. But I might get 100 feet off the ground and say this is what my life was meant to be, was right here in this cockpit. You know, you, you don't know until you try. And, you know... I always say that's like, you know, failure has been a very scary word for a lot of people over their lifetime. You know, people are afraid to fail. If you fail, just get back up and try again. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at, you know, just go for it. <laughs> so, and you can literally see this um, on my bathroom mirror. Uh, it, it literally says the only failure is not trying. And, and like you had mentioned, it's, it's a journey. So even if you decide, hell no, I am not doing this, it's your stepping stone to whatever else you are actually supposed to do. Or maybe this is the thing. So I'm going to high five you for that. Awesome. That was a bad high five. <laughs> that was a bad high five. There we go. Better. But no, like my, I, I listened to this. So I, Rachel Hollis, I don't know if anybody listens to her, knows her, but she's one of my favorite motivational podcaster people out there in you know the world. And she had this one episode on her podcast that I listened to, and it was literally a full episode on just fear and failure, the fear of failure. And I just, a lot of what, you know, she talks about is that it's like, why are we so scared to fail? Why? Is it just because you're just so looking for it to be perfect the first time that you, you, you try? Because if, you know, like if you try it, like, cause especially when you're sitting there at a crossroads and you're looking at two different decisions, should I go left or I should go right? Or maybe I should go this way 
And then all of a sudden you have eight different choices. I don't know which choice to make, which choice is there? Well, I just, I don't know. So I'm not going to make a choice. One choice is better than no choice. And if you go down one direction and you find that it doesn't work, try another one. There you go. Just go the other direction that you thought of before. And that's why, you know, I kind of really put that in the back of my mind that, hey, if this doesn't work, I can try something else. And like you said, it'll, it might take you to another street. In Hawaii, you've already made the choice of I'm, I'm doing this. Do you feel like other things in your life have started changing, like relationships or just different aspects of what you do on a day to day basis? Hasn't like kind of unlocked potential in other areas of life? I don't think so. I mean, at least not specifically with that certain choice that I, that I decided to make, but I do find that, you know, the choice that I made that I want to become a pilot was not something that me five years ago would have said. Five years ago, me would have probably not done that. So it's, it's really cool with all the things that you go through on a daily basis on what kind of builds up your strength and, you know, the finesse, however you want to look at it as, as, you know, it's a building block. Every little step that you make that changes something for the better is going to lead you to make bigger, better, brighter decisions for a bigger, better, brighter future. Love that. And I actually just thought of one thing that I missed in our, in our intro of our adventures together, which ties in perfectly to what we're talking about. Freaking snowboarding. Oh my gosh. So Christy and I are, are noobs, about two years, two seasons deep now. And snowboarding, for anyone who has tried, it, when you're when you're starting, the first couple of times you go, I would get off the board at the end, that final fall where you feel that electric shock pain up your spine. And you're like, yep, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> never doing this crap again. You're like, this sucks. Yep. I'm never going to get this right. And then you... And then you get it right. And then you get it right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still very much a work in progress for myself and I know for you as well. But it's to me, it's always been kind of like a, a cool analogy to other areas of life. You know, I'm like, all right, I just got to get up one more time and just do it. And eventually, through consistency, you start getting better. And that before we started recording, Christy and I were talking about the book Atomic Habits, James Cleary. James Clear. Yeah, yeah. James Clear. And it's just such a phenomenal book. And it's, it just really highlights how little details of every day build up. And so to me, snowboarding is such a great analogy for life. Yeah, that's actually really good that you brought that up. Like it's an excellent, excellent metaphor. And I mean, for anybody who's tried skiing or snowboarding or any type of, you know, winter sport activity or any sports in general, like it's definitely, you know, it's amazing what the, what the, what the human body can, can do, because you think about like muscle memory, and when you do muscle memory, every little bit gets better. Every little time that you do it, every little bit more that you go and you go and you go, you're getting better and better and better. And then I think about that, like with snowboarding, you know, like every single time that I've gone snowboarding, I have met people on the mountains who are 
you know, there with their friends who are trying to teach them to snowboard and they've actually seen me struggling and they're like, Hey, yeah, like I just, if you don't mind, I'll give you a tip if you're, you're in for it. And I was like, yes, please give me your information. Anything that can help me try to hone in what I'm already doing. And they say like, you know, Hey, maybe if you try this, you know, you might be able to get a little bit more grounding and do that and blah, blah, blah. And before you know, you kind of tweak a little bit on what your original mentality was on how to get it right. And with that little bit of help, you're now actually able to do what you've been trying to do. And I like that because it's so many times we try to do the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, and we get the same results of what we're not wanting to get. And then expecting different results. That's like, a fool's mentality is you can't expect to do the same thing a hundred times and get different results. So when you tweak things a little bit, especially when you get help from information and outside sources, you're able to make it your own and then tweak it to where you can actually achieve it to how you want. Totally, totally on point. Um, And it's really cool out here, you know, and I'm sure most mountain cultures, everyone is really willing to help especially when you're brand noobs like us, very apparently noobs. So <laughs> falling and hurting ourselves. Falling all over the place, celebrating being able to get off the damn lift without falling. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the best. Yeah, I didn't fall down. I was surprised they didn't throw confetti the first time I did it. <laughs> it's like, where's the champagne? Where's the confetti? At, but- the, at, at some point you're sitting there just like, all right, how do I want to fall this time? Yep. That's going to make it less painful. I know I'm going to fall, but we're going to fall nicely. Look at look, make it look more like an accident. (laughs) Kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're running and you, or you're walking and you trip and then you pretend like you were just, oh, I just meant to run anyways. (laughs) But I usually, my, my philosophy is every time I go out, I'm trying to get at least one new nugget from somebody new, you know, for how to be better. So, all right. A couple more fun questions for you. If you could have, a superpower for one day could be any superpower. What would it be and how would you use it? A superpower. Superpower. Oh my gosh. There's so many great superpowers. I mean, I don't know, maybe to fly. I think I would like to fly like Superman. I had a feeling you might say that. I know, right? (laughs) The irony of that. I mean, like, so my husband and I, we love that new show, uh, Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we watch it every week. Every episode is, I mean, it's a good show. It's a really, really good Superman show. And I just like the way that Superman, boom, takes off and takes flight and he's in the universe. And he's like, all right, I'm going to Paris. All right, I'm going to Australia. Oh, yeah, I just saved these people in China. And I'm like, man, that would be so cool. Imagine just flying off all over this traffic in Denver (laughs) and getting where you want to be just like that. (laughs) Yep. That's always my my answer as well. So I feel you. All right. Thanks for sharing that. And finally, if you had the opportunity to give a TED Talk on empowering and inspiring others, what would be the central message you'd want to share with the world? Well, I'd say that the most important thing to share with any individual person who wants to improve their life, who do who does feel like they're like in a rut or in a merry-go-round, 
Um, I would say like, ask yourself a question of what's your why? Why do you want this out of life? What do you want to get out of life? And, you know, like most of us, we have, you know, ideas in our mind of, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, that sounds great. Like, I want this. I want that. But are they goals? Like, do you have goals in your life? And a lot of people like myself for many years has made a lot of excuses, excuses of, well, I can't do this because of that. I can't do this because of this. And, you know, well, I want to go to school, but, you know, like I want to, you know, move to another state, but it's like everything, you know, you, you want to do with your life. You're always finding an excuse and you're always finding a reason to blame any outside source of why you can't do something. I think it is very, very crucial, no matter what you've been through in your life, no matter where you've come from, what disadvantages you've had, what you didn't have growing up, whatever it is, you are 100% responsible for everything that happens in your life. Once you attain that mentality of, I'm going to make this happen for me and nobody's going to stop me. Once you start grasping the idea that, oh, well, I can't do this because I have bills to pay. Oh, I can't do this because my kids are young or I can't do this because of that. You know, look, we all have our lives. We all have our responsibilities, but you can always do something 1% better one day each at a time in order to attain your goal. As long as you're working towards something and getting some sort of traction towards where you want to be in life, instead of just sitting there in that crossroads, looking at eight different things and decisions that you want to do with your life, but not making any choices or decisions on how to do that. That's what I would say is to anybody is grasp the idea that you are 100% responsible for how you're going to make your life the best life possible. Love that. So for people listening, to sum that up, get off your butts, take action. And even if it's 1%, even if it's a half percent better every day, just keep moving towards the area of, of your life that you want to be in. And if you don't know, and that's actually a good point too, if you don't know where where you want to go, sometimes taking those little action steps will take you there just like we talked about Christy's journey. She doesn't know if she's going to end up a pilot. I'm kind of feeling like she will. But also, you just never know until you try it. And But even if that doesn't work out, it'll take her to the next step. You know, it's kind of like jumping from one elevator to another and not getting stuck in it. Um, <laughs> I don't think they, like, heard that story. Yeah. So this is being recorded July 8th or 9th or whatever it is today. But um, last year... we On we, July 4th. On the 4th of July, we were at this uh, party... Um, pool party thing at the Catbird Hotel in Denver. And there was a group of what, like 10, 11, 11 of 11 us. Christy knows every detail because it was a little traumatic for her. And I also, I was not intoxicated, so I couldn't have... She was not I intoxicated. I, could, I remembered every detail because I wasn't, I was there. Anyways, we were stuck in an elevator for how many minutes? 43 minutes. 43 minutes. And... <laughs> We made the most out of it, but it happened because some people in the elevator thought it would be cool to jump 
because they're fully a grown adult and said, hey, but we did it when we were kids. And I'm like, yes, when you were a third of your weight. (laughs) (laughs) But we survived. And anyways, that's the elevator story. We always end every episode here, Christy, with uh, giving an assignment. And I kind of feel like this is just a good transition based on your uh, TED Talk that you're now giving. We'll make it happen at some point. The assignment is something that's going to inspire, empower others to, to see like if they're in a rut, looking for some life changes. So what assignment do you have to inspire others to get out of any current ruts that they might be in just like you were a year ago? You know, when I think about when I was in a rut, you know, because you always get to that point in life where you're just kind of standing there looking at the mirror and you have no idea how you want to go about your day because you have no idea what to do. You don't know what decision to make. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. You just don't know anything. And when you start feeling that way, when you're in a rut, you ask yourself, you know, your why. Well, why do I feel like this? What do I want to get out of my life? What is stopping me from living my best life? So when you ask yourself those questions, I mean, let's just use the small example of like, I just, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Well, how are you going to do that? We know that the basic thing is, you know, diet and exercise. Oh, well, I've tried that, but that's hard. You know, I can't do that. But then you go back in your rut. You know, you try it for two days, you exercise, you're feeling really good. And then you look at the scale and you get disappointed and then you go back to your same habits. You know, that's stuff that can be very easily debilitating to you getting out of that rut. So brainstorm, research. We're in a life now where technology and information and data is so easily accessible. You can pretty much type whatever you want in Google search bar and learn how to build a house by yourself. It's incredible the amount of information that we have accessible to us. Brainstorm on what you want your life and your future to look like. Get a planner, get a board, get a vision board, get certain things that will keep the excitement that you originally got when you first thought about a goal that you wanted to achieve in the very forefront of your mind. Get something that will keep that excitement every single day in your life. And, you know, you want to be able to make realistic goals, you know, and I love this one book. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, He focuses on one goal at a time. You know, they, and obviously he breaks down and different types of organization on how you can achieve that and the science behind it, the mentality behind it. But one really excellent example that really stood out to me was that think about a football field. You're standing at the goal line and you have 10 soccer balls and your goal is to get those 10 soccer balls onto the other side of the field. And you have to do it in 10 minutes. Now, if you think about, hey, I'm going to take all 10 of these balls and try to kick them at the same time to get to the end. Well, how long is that going to take you? Might be pretty difficult. You know, you might not make much progress, not much, you know, distance from that. You may not even get a single bowl across the line within those 10 minutes. But if you concentrate on one soccer ball at a time and you kick that, you might get four, you might get five across that line. So if you have a goal in mind, focus on that one goal and work towards it. 
Make it a priority in your life. Keep that excitement every day of that one goal. And then you start making that traction when you start seeing just that 1% of excitement in your life. It gets you feeling more excited to continue to move towards that end result with that. Um, That's awesome. So everybody today, choose one goal. Write it down somewhere where you see it so that it keeps you excited, like Christy said, and just just have at it. And if you had a day where you took a step back from the goal, that's all right, too. Tomorrow, wake up and just keep make up that step and then make up another one. You know, that's it. You could always start over. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm going to do that as well. <laughs> awesome. So, Christy, thank you so much for being the first ever guest on this podcast. Such an honor. I'm so excited you asked me. Thanks. (laughs) The honor is all ours and the listeners. I know people will be inspired and empowered by your story just as I have been. So many different layers of how it can affect your life, you know, and, and just moving forward. So thank you for sharing everything and being so authentic and open and honest. Well, thanks again so much for having me. And, um, I guess I'll hope to see you next time. Of course. And by the way, how can people connect with you if they want to connect with you? Um, well, I'm not very much on like multiple social media accounts. Um, if you <laughs> want to um, connect on something like Instagram or anything like that, I do have my business through there, um, Bubbly Bliss Recovery. Um, you can check out all of our products. Uh, if you're an athlete, um, you know, really good products for um, recovery methods in that way. Um, I am on Facebook as well. And those are uh, the sources that you can find me. And by the way, for Bubbly Bliss Recovery, go out and, or don't go out, go online and buy it. Um, I was one of Christy's uh, test subjects. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say that it is one of the best products I've ever used in terms of um, bath bomb and just relaxation. It's the best night of sleep I've had. So definitely go out and, and get that. Thank you so much for your support. Of course. Um, So that's all we have for today's episode. And if you enjoy this content, which I'm sure that you will, and got something out of it, please share it with someone that you think can benefit from Christy's story as well. Sharing is caring. And remember this, you're one step closer today than you were yesterday. 1% better, right? 1% better. Uh, So keep it up and thank you for listening so much. We appreciate each and every one of you and let's keep leveling up together. (music) 